are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Can you hear all right? Man, thanks, Steve. Man, I, was, I was like, who is that guy he's talking about right there? I don't do that too much these days. But uh, thank you. Um, I, I got to acknowledge my wonderful queen, man, of 20 years, Kimberly. She's, she's, she's everything to me. And uh, actually, before I begin, I want to do a couple things. I, I want to point out some very, very special people who are in our midst. So uh, I know that many of you may see me with the music and uh, with the bass and the keyboards, but I also do a few things behind the scenes. I do a little bit of counseling, and uh, for the past three years, I worked along with, where's uh, Tom and Vicky Cimento, uh, life group leaders, giving them a wave. They're, they're just amazing pastors in our environment, and, and they love super well. And if you're a life group leader, leader let, let everybody see who you are. Put, put your hand up. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Get to know these guys. These are, these are mothers and fathers in our environment. Like, you don't have to be lonely, man. Hang out with these guys, man. They'll bring Jesus and probably an apple pie to you, you know. <laughs> and then, uh, of course, uh, special interest group leaders. I think Tom Honia had to go. But if you're a special interest group leader, just kind of raise your hand and just kind of show us that. There goes one in the back back there. Yeah, yeah. there you go. There you go. There you go. You know, it's good to have people in your midst that you can just gather with kingdom people wrapped around an affinity, right? So, man, our special interest group leaders. Then also, uh, my gang, my crew, the hospitality volunteers. So, can you just imagine just coming on this property and it's all muddy as it is and (laughs) no one directs you to a parking spot and... Then you walk further down, and no one gives you a hearty greeting. And then you come in here, and there's no seats in here because nothing's set up. And then you're already angry, but nobody's going to serve you because no ushers are in here. So if you are part of the ushers, greeters, parking lot, setup, takedown, let everybody see who you are. Woo! Yes, 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 yes. So now you know what I've done for the past three years, and we're going to transition here in a little bit, and one of our goals for 2020, we're anticipating growth, right? We have a wonderful building that's going up, and we want to make sure our pastoral ministry is really tight, so that's what Big Mike is going to be working on this year. So uh, you're going to see something that I don't do very much before people, and uh, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, I just, I just want to do a little bit of PDA. Is that okay? You know what PDA is, right? It's, it's a public display of affection. It's a real easy song. I think everybody in here probably knows it. Jesus love. Yeah. 
Yes, Jesus. Give yourselves a hand clap. <laughs> You'll never see me sing again. Ha <laughs> ha. You know, God really does love us and he loves each and every one of us. And it makes me think about what he has poured into us as believers. As he's loved us, I think that we have responsibility too, right? that we ought to love one another with everything that's within us. And just recently, uh, June 26, uh, January 26, we're leaving church and uh, I saw that my hero, Kobe Bryant, <laughs> had passed along with those other people that was in the helicopter. And I think one of the things that I really, really enjoyed about Kobe Bryant was his tenacity and his unwillingness to lose. And there was this thing about Kobe Bryant where he would get criticized a lot because of how much he would shoot. But he had done so much behind the scenes. When everybody was going to the club, he was in the gym. When everybody else was, was wasting their body and making all kind of bad decisions, Kobe was in the gym. So guess what? Game time would come, and it didn't matter if he missed 30 shots. Kobe was going to shoot that last shot and probably win the game for the team. Kobe was insatiable. He believed that every shot that he shot was going in. What if believers who received the love of God thought like that? What if we thought that every single encounter that we had with everybody who we meet equals a shot from the kingdom that can touch their heart and allow them to receive that same love that you receive? What if every believer said that this is really the height of my existence that not only do I just receive it, not only do I get the shakes, not only do I get all the good stuff that comes along with it, but as I have received, freely give, right? And give generously, right? And, and Steve was talking about their generosity today, and I was like, yeah, yeah, go, go ahead on. That is a key in the kingdom. So how many of y'all today, y'all want that in your life? You want to be that person every day. Let people call you crazy. Let people call you a lightweight. Let people call you whatever they want to call you. But the bottom line is that you have been transformed by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and you want everybody to experience that. You know, it, this year is a, is a bit of an anniversary for me 
Uh, it's 25 years since God first shown his love in my heart. And it's 25 years this year. And not that it's, it's about, uh, you know, man, I've got years in the kingdom. Man, that's the defining moment of my life. It's the defining moment of my life. It is when I first found purpose. It is when I first found family. It's when I first found out that there was something more to my life than what I saw every day. Because it was just basketball, chicks, and... <laughs> I didn't say that right there, did I? It was just basketball, music, you know, uh, back in the day. So I'm a little old head now. But, you know, I used to make rap tracks back in the day, man. And... And half the club would come to my room and freestyle at the end of the night. And that's what we do. We shut down the club, everybody come to my, my room and freestyle. But when I came into the kingdom, something happened. I really found out what my life was for. I really, I really found out what my life was for. And I found out something that I could pour my whole life into. I found out something that gave me something that was supernatural, and that is the love that I didn't have for myself, the unnatural love that I didn't really have for people. I now had real love, right? But I was born again into a military community, and in the military community, everybody back in the day used to wear their rank on their collar. And the people that rolled with me and the people that led me to Christ, I had a very unconventional means by coming to Christ. It was in a dirty barracks room. There was no organ that was playing. There was no altar call. There was nothing in that room that said that this is a, a churchy moment, if you know what I'm talking about. They were so hungry to release what it was that was on their life. At the, they were 22 years old. I was only 20. They were so hungry to release what it was that was on their life. And because of their hunger for me, now I can talk to you guys, right? Uh, this is what, 350-odd people, and who knows how many this podcast is going to go out to. But it wasn't my hunger. I wasn't going out to a revival service. I didn't even know what revival service was. But they came to me and said, I'm coming after you because God says, I want you in the kingdom. So the guys who I rolled with, there was five major themes that they had. Uh, they had a heavy focus on prayer, heavy focus on worship, he heavy focus on evangelism, heavy focus on honoring every single person that we meet because this person could become one of us. You see, from Saturday to Monday, Saturday I was ready to go do my thing. Monday I was rolling with them because of their love for the kingdom. So we're going to get into the word because we want to talk about some things today. That's cool. Oh, uh, yeah. So here's my buddy. And believe it or not, it does tie in with what we're talking about today. This is my dog, son. Proud of him. That's Benny right there. And I'll never forget, uh, he came into our family about eight months ago, and he wasn't a puppy. He wasn't a baby. He was six years old. And he had a prior owner. And the owner brought him over to my house. And, you know, he was kind of curious with his owner. And he was shaking really bad when his owner left. He was full of fear. And I remember just setting him on my lap 
And I just remember just thinking, it's going to be all right. So I showed him love. I showed him compassion. I just let him sit there. He just let him shake, 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 shake. And finally, he stopped shaking, right? Well, when he stopped shaking, he became my biggest fan after about four hours, right? But isn't that what God does with us? God, he takes our fear. He takes the apprehension that we have about being in this new place, and he gives us family. He gives us a new home. And this is a little bit about what we're going to talk about today. Somebody say this with me. I have the opportunity to be love and light to every person that I meet every day. Let's talk about a few things. Amen. Turn with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 24. Matthew, chapter 24. So in Matthew, chapter 24, we have the disciples. The disciples were an inquisitive bunch, and they wanted to know when the end of the age is going to come. And Jesus had a ready answer for them. All right. Let's go down to verse 4. And Jesus answered them, See that no one leads you astray, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed, for this must take place, but the end is not yet. Say the end is not yet. I know y'all thought I was going to do some eschatology stuff, but no. No. For a nation will rise against a nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are begot, but the beginning of the birth plan. Say, but the beginning. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death, and you will be hated by all nations by my name's sake. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another, and many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. But, but, there you go. The one who endures to the end will be saved. And what's going to happen? This gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. I like what's going on after the but. Anybody else? Anybody want to be part of that? And the gospel will be preached to all nations. How many people feel called to the nations? I got to ask you another question because I'm actually, what's up, Zach? Good to see you, man. I got another question because who feels called domestically? Good, good. So some people know. Good. Well, I'm going to pay attention to a few words in that, and, and we, we definitely don't have enough time to go through line upon line. But look at this. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. I'm going to do this little quote by Al Pacino. <laughs> What's he doing to serve Sometimes those who are heartless care too much. And that's not necessarily a kingdom statement. But it kind of gives you an indicator here that it says the love of many will grow cold. 
if you see that the love of Benny grow cold, that, that would probably mean that at one time they were maybe red hot. They were probably red hot at one time. Maybe at one time in their life they were sitting in a service just like this. Maybe they used to follow every conference that went around and every single thing you, event you see on Facebook, that was that guy. But what happened? What made him grow cold? What made her grow cold? What made her back him, whoever it is, genderless? Man, that's not a good word these days. Man. You know when you just say it and it's just like, that was wrong, Mike. <laughs> Gender neutral. Man, that's... Okay, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> but him or her, uh, universal term, let's just say mankind, okay? Mankind, universal. But now something's, something happened. And where does that thing happen? Proverbs 4 and 23 said, guard your heart with all diligence because out of it flows the issues of life. That means what, what goes in there, right? Not just what goes in there, but what goes in there ends up becoming a, uh, what comes out of it ends up becoming the outflow of what goes into it, right? Well, I will say this, from these 25 years, I've seen some many great things in church, and I've seen some not so great things in church. I've seen this thing where sometimes the church chooses to cannibalize one another, they lose their prophetic culture in that instead of constantly looking for the gold, constantly getting to know this person, and Blake alluded to a little bit, you know, having this familiarity with the person you're with, and you, you, you meet this new person, and you're like, wow, you're going to the nation, you're so great, yada, yada. But then as you begin to get to know the person and they actually start to have real faults, there's like this subtraction away from them. Like, you're not who I thought you were. And so then the honor level goes way down, right? Who's seen that in church before? Like, let's just be honest. You, you might have been even the recipient of it before. I, I know I have. So, and, <laughs> and it's not a good feeling, right? Because at first you gave me the introductory rate. <laughs> you, you gave me the million dollars up front. Because you gave it, I'm like, wow, this is the way this always going to be. But then you saw I didn't always like have everything perfect and what I carried wasn't good enough. You didn't see the fear that I had on me. You didn't see that I wasn't in a good place. You didn't see like just like you how God put love on you and, and brought you into the kingdom that I needed help. I didn't need you to eat me. I, I didn't need you to digest me and spit me out. I actually needed your help. I actually needed your love. I needed your compassion. I needed you to spur one another on. Is that what Hebrews says? That we ought to work on encouraging each other daily. 
and spurring one another on to good works. But instead, introduction rate gone. You're getting the scraps now, brother. You might get a good morning. You might get one of the. Come on, you know that hug. Did y'all see it on that side? Let me show you that. Before it's like, ooh, but no longer. So you could see how we have a part of that responsibility to not make people grow cold or give them even an excuse or reason to grow cold. Because we're keeping those prophetic eyes on and you're getting a call. You're getting a call from somebody like Dara. You talk to Dara and Dara's going to point you back to the same place every time. Michael, you need to be looking at heavenly places, Michael. <laughs> Michael, you can't stay down here in the natural, Michael. You got to look at heavenly places. And, and so it's absolutely true, but what if every person in here said that because they believe they've been translated from the kingdom of darkness to. And so they're encouraging people around them while it is day that you can go on, that you have to look at things differently. So now I want to talk about, does anybody want to take over cities and regions and all that kind of stuff? Who wants to do that? I want to tell you something. It's not going to be done by force. It's not going to be done by the weapons that are carnal. It's going to be done through faith, which worketh by. I said worketh. That's King James, ain't it? Faith, which works by. <laughs> worketh. So... <laughs> So, man, I'm just getting it in today, man. So, 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 but what does love look like? Love has characteristics that it looks like, and, and Galatians 5 does a really good job of doing our favorite children's ministry scripture, right? Who knows all the fruit of the Spirit? Somebody say one. Love. Joy, uh-huh, 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 wow, wow, I know our children's ministry leader do it. <laughs> Listen, love looks like something. Love actually has characteristics that it looks like, and many times, like I've, I've never received more warfare than in the body of Christ. Because that day when God brought me to a new place, when he shed love in my heart, when he looked at somebody who was really messed up and said that I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna feel you, man. How could I ever treat anybody other than those nine that you just named? Anybody. It didn't matter who it was, but it absolutely matters that everybody deserves all nine of those every day. Do I need to prove it? Matthew 5 says, love your 
Oh, so that includes friends, that includes family, that includes... That's a pretty tough list. If you had, like, circles of influence and stuff, I mean, I would think that the enemies are way out there. But he said, pray for those guys, right? Has anybody ever been an enemy before? Has anybody ever been that guy who needed that prayer? And then you had people who were baptized in the Holy Spirit, who were baptized in love, and they understood that this person right here, I got to go get them. And when I go get this person, this person can influence many, right? So we're going to get the picture off of Benny, and we're going to go to Ephesians 4. I'm going to drop a key to you all today. You ready for a key? Got to get this key in. Galatians, Ephesians. I love, you know, we can do the electronic devices, man, but I just like flipping those pages. Anybody else? God, that's what happens when you're in your 40s, man. You do old school stuff, you know. <laughs> I must have a book. Let's go down to the new life. I really have a key scripture, but let's start on 17. Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the fertility of their minds. They are darkened in understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, in them due to the hardness of what? They have been callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learn Christ. Let's go down to 22. Put off your old self which belongs to your former man of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to be put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true rich righteousness and holiness. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down in your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Our key verse, let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. That scripture right there is a sleeper. Steve was talking about basketball earlier. You know, I'm 6'6", man, but, you know, where I'm from in Maryland, I'm not a southern boy. It always amazed me when I saw somebody who was like 5'7 or 5'8 who could dunk the basketball. This is one of those scriptures right there, like, this little man getting it. Are you ready? Are you ready? We talked about taking over cities, regions, nations, people, all that good stuff. Look at this. The thief who has become a believer must no longer steal, but instead he must work hard making an honest living, producing that which is good with his own hands so that he will share, share with someone in need. I like the new living. It's just blunt. If you're a thief, quit stealing. Stay <laughs> use your hands for good hard work and then give generously others in need. That's it. <laughs> Look, no other writing. Just look at that whiteness right there. Just. <laughs> Others in need. Anybody familiar with the opposite spirit? Let me introduce it to you this day. My wonderful creation here. This is called the opposite spirit scale. Using this scripture in context, I want you to see something today. He who steals, let him steal no more. Check this guy out. Bam! Taking your purse. 
with a fish bandana on. Just... <laughs> That's a nasty looking purse right there. But anyway. But, but look, look where the number is. It, it, this person hasn't become a believer yet. That's negative 100. Ha <laughs> ha. Zero. Zero is his entry point into the kingdom because one of us, one of us shared the gospel with him, right? So he's justified. He's right at zero. He's in right standing. He's right exactly where he needs to be. Now check this out. I got some skills with this, don't I, y'all? <laughs> Look at this. He's working now. Look. He's working. Look what the start point was, though. Look what the start point was. And look, that brother's so happy, he don't even have a nose anymore. He's just happy. He can't smell or nothing. But look at this. Whoa. The brother's able to give now. The brother's able to be generous now. Now, there's a ton of scriptures that you could actually put on top of this. The thief cometh, but to, but he came. Oh, yeah. There's a bunch of scriptures that you could put on here. Uh, Ephesians, Jesus, he who has descended into the lower parts of the earth, ascended so that he could give gifts to men. Do you see this process of going down, going down? Somebody say going down. What am I talking about? I love the messages that have kind of like led up to today. Jen's message, she was talking about being that sacrifice and the whole Abraham thing. Could it be, I just want to get really real with my family, okay? Let's get really real. Could it be that there are parts within me, parts within you, that we haven't laid on the altar yet? Because if I haven't laid that part of me on the altar yet, my anger, my fear, my shame, the things that are going on with me, how can I ever become this person over here that's really generous? Because I can't give what I don't have. It's impossible for me to give what, what I don't have. And I love that fruit is what we're to give because fruit is cultivated. Good fruit doesn't just pop up. I remember my dad, my dad had 40 acres full of peach trees in Maryland. And I'll never forget there was an area in the back that had just some old fruit trees. They were unkempt, and they weren't part of the trees that you send out to market. And every year they would grow trees, uh, grow fruit. And I noticed that their fruit looked much different than the trees that were over here that they pruned every year. These trees on this side, they took great care of them. They would snip them 
they had to be like a certain length. You could, you could look at them. But the most beautiful fruit would come out of those trees so that people could consume them. I will tell you this. I like this quote by Martin Luther that says, I've held many things in my hand, and all of them have slipped out of my hand, but what I give to God that I still possess. Church, listen to me very clear. Could it be possible that me, I could be sitting right here and not have given parts of my life to God in fear, in fear that he doesn't know what to do with it, that I might lose it forever? See, I'll tell you one of the characteristics of God, and this is a good good, uh, scenario that Not only does he bring life, he brings life more abundantly. That means if I allow this piece of me to go to him and I place it in his hand, resurrection power. Resurrection power begins to rest in you. Resurrection power begins to rest in you. Resurrection power begins to rest in you. And all who say, God, I'm going to give you this piece of my life. And I'm not going to hold it back. Because he wants to give it back to you. That's the revelation for today. He wants to give it back to you in a way that has so much glory on it. So the spirit of the day, the spirit of the age, the one that says it doesn't take all that. The one that says that the gospel isn't true anymore. The one that says it's okay to get on my social media as somebody who's supposed to be this guy. And I can rant and rave on there as if I don't know the king, as if there isn't a, a, a standard that I should always be showing people that. Even if I disagree with you, I can still honor you. The fi- Man, this water been dropping all day, man. It's a prophetic word. The waters are rising and they're falling. <laughs> the, the waters are dropping. <laughs> but come on. So God is telling us as the church, he's saying, in this time, in this time, in this age, where many are turning away from the faith, I'm asking for something from you. I'm asking, will you give me your entire heart? All the unforgiveness, all the going back and forth with people, that's on this side of the column. I want to be in that generous column that says, I have this because I've submitted it to God. I've given it up. I've allowed it to be a part of me that something dies in me but he resurrects it with much glory. Except the seed, where my Bible scholars at? Go in the ground and die. What's the rest? Say it, say it Justin. Who's that? It abides alone, but what happens? Uh-huh. Oh, get that brother handcraft right now. Did y'all hear that? If it goes into the ground, it bears much fruit. I don't know about you, but I want to bear much fruit. 
I want to be somebody when somebody sees me, they don't see a hint of darkness. They don't see me going after the order of the day and what seems popular. Because guess what? With this whole postmodernism thing, look it up on your own. It, it, it challenges everything that's truth. It takes away truth. So what's supposed to be objective and, and facts that are verified? You can't even verify the facts anymore because it says, I think, therefore I am, and just because, mm -mm, I don't feel that's right right there. Church, fruit never goes out of style. Never. In every generation, it works. If I, listen, y'all. Ah, I would, I would never stand before you for two hours, ever. But I would give you testimony after testimony after testimony of, let me brag on God, okay? Let me brag on God. Just a week ago, I, I, two weeks ago, because I got on social media about two weeks ago, I ran into a soldier uh, who was in the army with me. And I haven't seen this guy in 17 years. I haven't seen him since I got out. And he wrote me in my inbox and Facebook. And he said, yeah, sir. he still called me Sergeant. I was like, man, my name is Michael, man. Like, I got a goatee and <laughs> I am a civilian. <laughs> Sergeant Edwards, he said, you know what? He said, I just retired last year. I met him at his three-year mark in the military. He said, but you know what? You are the kindest most patient leader that I had ever met. And he said, and as I rose up through the leadership rank, he said, I made it my duty to be like you. But guess who I'm being like? I'm just copying my Jesus, right? I'm just bearing the fruit and the nature of who he is and saying, every day I'm going to do it. You know, when, who, how many people prophetically can look at this guy right here, but you're seeing this? You, you, you see the thief, you know what's going on, you, you know all the facts are there, I got it. But you're seeing that this guy can be this guy. Say, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. I press towards the mark of the high calling which is in Christ Jesus. Now this right here, you have to study on your own. Oh, Cooksey, my brother. Thank you. My, this is my brother right here, y'all. It, it reminds me so much of myself. You have to study this on your own. Anybody familiar with Jesus sent out 70? He sent out 70, right? But, you know, he had the disciples. That was his main circle. But he had 70. He had 35 teams of two by two. He sent these guys out. And there was a couple guys uh, that are on that list. You know, there's a documented list of who that 70 was. And it's a, from a guy named Hippolytus. You can look it up. It's, it's factual. Well, this is the deal. One of the guys who were on that list, his name was Ananias of Damascus. Does that name Damascus ring a bell to anybody? Who was on the way to Damascus? Paul. Saul, turning to Paul, he hit a wall, he didn't fall. I was, I was wanting to rhyme that time. We did that this morning. <laughs> but listen, 
one of the characteristics of Ananias in Acts 22, Paul says that he was a devout man. Who was his devotion to? It said that he was a man of a good reputation. Somebody say good reputation. Yeah. So if you can imagine this guy, Ananias, recognizing who Paul was, the first question he asked when, when God said to, for him to do what he did, he said, isn't this the guy who's been killing everybody? But he had something in him to be able to say, yes, Lord, because the Lord said, get him, because he's the one that I'm choosing for my glory. Can you imagine the fear that maybe was over Ananias at first? Like, this is the guy whom you're choosing, but he looks like this over here? And that's not even the end of it. Do you all know that the disciples, many of them left Jesus at one time when he said something that, you know, we separate ourselves from their experience. But I would have probably thought the same thing myself. Jesus said, if you don't drink of my blood, eat my flesh. Some old vampire ministry, Jesus. I would have left too. But you know, Ananias, he was one of the ones who had left at that one time. It's recorded. So now, maybe he was fighting against some shame. And then, when you look at that list, Stephen, the martyr, he was also one of the 70. So he maybe even had some anger against Paul. But he said, nevertheless, God, you're seeing Paul in a different light the way that I do. And because you see him differently than I do, I'm going to go it. I'm going to do it your way. We said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We said, I press towards the mark of the high calling. That was Paul. That was the one whom love was shown to when he was unlovely. And now we get to partake of all of that every single week. Look at this really quickly. I've got to wrap up. This is the clean heart. Who in here has clean hearts? This, this is very, very quick. Now look at this. You've got Brother Blue Big Head on the left with the white heart. Brother Blue Big Head, number two, with the black heart. But this is what we ought to do. Uh-oh. What's that shield around their heart? That's the brother who is offended. It's harder to be one than the strong city. But we continue to work on him. And we continue to let love and light shine. And look at that. His heart is beginning to get a little brighter. He might not say it. He might not say who you are. But that's what you're wanting, right? That's what you want. You want to impact them with the light and love and the fruit of the spirit of Jesus Christ. Then look what happens. Bam! 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 But that's what happens when we don't cannibalize one another. But we give of our very, very best. Stand to your feet. We give of our very, very best. So we know people are going to be coming. How are we going to treat them? Are we going to give them our very, very best? We got people in our family that haven't seen the best of us yet. They're going to see our very, very best, right? So today I want to do something a little interesting. I just want to do this act. How many people have electronic device, a phone, thing of that nature? Maybe some people in here, uh, up under the sound of my voice, know some people who maybe they've had some friction with. Who's had that before? 
who maybe has somebody in your life that are like that right now. If, if that's you, just put their, get the note section of your phone, put their name down really quickly. Just really quickly, really quickly, really quickly. If that's, you, you got somebody, just one person. Because we're getting ready to change something in the heavenlies. Because the Bible said pray for them and bless them. And we're going to do something really quick. Amen. Everybody got that person's name down? Now, if that's not you, I want you to just stand in the gap for these other people right now as we do what we're getting ready to do. So I want you to say their name at the certain part when I pause. God, in the name of Jesus. I thank you, God, that we see these people who have fashioned themselves as our enemy. God, we see them as in your kingdom of light, and we're going to show them love and light. But right now, I ask that you would forgive them right now in Jesus' name. So say, Father, I forgive. Say their name. And check this out. I bless them that they too may be in this kingdom of light and be generous with the love and kindness that you show them. Check this out. Whether it be through me or somebody else. So how many people want to be generous with who they are? How many people, man, listen, man, some marriages can get restored behind this. Some relationships can get restored behind this because you are saying, God, I want fruit to come out of my life every single day and every single moment. In Jesus' mighty name, I love you all. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.